For tuning into the 456th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Eros, Daryl, D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Aereo, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, per the new usual. Gonna have a great podcast for you guys. Gonna have Mr. Zach on. To talk NBA, Donovan Mitchell potentially going to the Knicks. LeBron says Boston's racist. Uh, Kevin Durant to the Warriors, how that could affect his legacy. And since Mr. Zank is the basketball OG, has a wealth of NBA knowledge. We're going to talk about unicorns in the NBA and players that transcend eras. So it should be a very fun pod. Now before we get to that conversation, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, I have everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp, and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it's for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at NightTrain underscore Lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane, and you will find it. I post three to five-minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show, Outside the Shop. And lastly... If you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, if I haven't the pod, then don't say anything because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk and have Mrs. Zach on the show. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Mr. Zach with us. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine, Daryl. How about yourself? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. So, NBA Summer League concluded today. You had the Portland Trailblazers and the New York Knicks in the finals. I just want to know, how much of a chance did you get to watch your Summer League, and what were your thoughts of it? Yeah, Jay and Ivy. I was, I was looking for more individual players than I was exactly watching the team. Well, what players did you like? Well, 
came. Uh, uh, Pippen seems like he has a little potential. Uh, the guard out of Michigan State seems like he might be a, somebody's backup point guard. Uh, he started for them last year. I watched a few him him play a little bit. He's playing for Philly's summer, summer league team. Um, as far as as far as um, guys that guys that um, fit the mold of the new NBA, a lot of tall, lanky guys, a lot of guy, a lot of guys who shoot threes who don't make threes. Um, they also had a lot of decent. They had some decent guard play, and uh, they gave out rings at the end of the of the summer league. <laughs> Uh, um, Brandon Brandon Williams played decent ball for, for Portland. Um, I think I think I think the NBA is um, becoming more athletic. Not not as skilled, but more athletic. A lot of guys can run and jump. Um, a lot of guys are creative. Um, and a lot of guys, and more guys are shooting more threes than ever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that's going to transcend to success in the NBA. But everybody's shooting. Everybody is um, shooting threes, and, and um, the big man is turning into a dinosaur. What part of the skill do you think is deteriorating or decreasing? skills yes because you said like players are more athletic but they're not as skilled yeah well it's like a typical a typical basketball IQ of what you've learned in basketball it's a typical fast break situation as far as decision making or stop for a three instead of taking a three on one or the lay or the layup or the dunk they would take an easy pass and turn it into difficult because some plays are not designed to be loud some passes are some, some people just deserve a regular chest pass um so it's a lot more flair and flash to the game, but like I said, I don't know if the game is fundamentally sound as it once was. Um, the pick, of the the setting of the pick is a lost art. Even though they do it all the time, they never complete the process or the task of the pick. Um, that's an important part of your offensive flow. The pick must be executed to make the play run. Um, a guy like Aiden for Phoenix, he sets good picks. Um, P.J. Tucker sets good picks. I mean, there's guys that set decent picks, and then there's guys who just go through the motion, like Anthony Davis. Um, nothing against him, but he just doesn't set hard picks, good solid picks. Um, I watch, you know, um, uh, the big man from the big man from uh, Indiana Pacers, Miles Turner. Um, yeah, yeah, decent. Um, doesn't follow through on his sticks, but that's a that's a that's a lost art. Um, I guess more big guys are, are stretching their game to the to the perimeter. Um, more guys, there's more guys to handle the ball. Um, guard play was just average. Nothing really jumps jumps off the screen. 
the, the, the summer league is just more of a, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a model walking down the runway. You just try to figure out, pick one, you know, um, what best suits your, your, um, outfit or your team. Um, a lot of guys plan for jobs and, um, there's only so many jobs available. I'm waiting, still waiting on some guy, still waiting on some guy to show something after two or three years in the NBA. We can go down and listen. I mean, guys who are high drafted and, um, I mean, still waiting on them to prove something. Uh, I give you a perfect example, Mo Bamba from Orlando. Uh, he came in with high expectations. I haven't heard much about him in the three years he's been there. So what players would you say this summer league caught your eye in a positive way that you watched him and you're like, he's going to play in the NBA for a long time, and why did they specifically catch your eye? Well, like I said, like I said, I didn't count, I wasn't, I was only concentrating on a few players. Yeah, no, I'm saying, so like Paolo, basically, so what did you like from Paolo? Basically, the games were, basically the beginning games were better, um, but they, they were some competitive, some competitive action, um. The, the Brooklyn guys played hard. The Washington guys played hard. Um, I think. I think um, some of the young coaches, some of the young coaches, can make a name for themselves in, in, in leagues like this. Um, the summer league is important to strive developing chemistry. Um, like I said. Banchero was the best guy I've seen out there, and with him being the number one pick, he played with the most confidence and and and, and the best and the best motor. Um, Pippen tried to make a name for himself. Um, I think. Um, I think this year's this year's draft class. Um, the guy from Iowa, um, Keegan Murray. Oh yeah, yeah. I was impressed with his game. He's he's NBA ready. He's NBA ready. Um, I think um, the guy Quentin uh, Grimes played good ball with for, for the Knicks. He'll be at the free throw line 
And um, the big guys, the the, the, the the forwards are too small. The big guys are too slow. He 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 he, he can create a problem with as time goes on as his body develops. In terms of Bencaro, uh, Paulo, what, if anything, impressed you from, like, we saw him at Duke, right? Do you Did you see him add anything in Summer League that really impressed you? Did, was there anything that reaffirmed how good he was at well, he's Duke? A old, he's a basically old-school ball player with a good mid-range shot, good ball handling, a force, a very, uh, a, a force going to the hoop. Um, not really a above-the-rim player, but he plays with, he plays he plays with a little fire, and um, his bank shot angles are good. His size is good. He's a good finisher and a good free throw shooter. I like him. And like I told you a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the draft, I called I called him out as the number one pick. Remember that? Yes, you did. I think he's the most NBA ready out of, out of that class. How did you like Jabari? For a work in progress, building a builder of confidence. You got to knock down a few shots to get itself going. Uh, kind of tentative in the beginning. It's a wait. It's a wait and see. He might be. He, he, he might. It might. It might take him a minute. Depending on depending on his uh, depending on his attempts and opportunities, that makes a difference. He got a nice touch. Nice three point range. Nice touch. Good finisher. He's pro ready. His body, his body needs a little fine tuning. Need to get a little more physical strength. So summer league, they handed out rings. Uh, do you like it or hate it? Uh, it, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, um, instead of a trophy, they got a ring. I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, a ring is a ring is more personal. I'm gonna sit up on. Hey, you can wear it for special events or whatever, or, or, or you can just sport it. You can just sport it as part of your bling bling. You know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I like that. That's 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 a little swag. That ring is a little swag, man. You know. Bring that little swag to you. You know. So now with this, and I find this really interesting. So. Potentially, there could be a trade that's going on. Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks. If Donovan Mitchell goes to the Knicks, how much do you think he can revitalize the franchise? He can. He can, he can, he can, improve, he can improve the team. He can give him a consistent go-to guy in the backcourt. Uh, with him and Brunson together, that's that's a strange kind of backcourt. They're kind of small. Um, a small backcourt... Um, Donovan Mitchell gets in the foul trouble quick. Um, that would be that. That would be um, some great developing news to get two solid, hard nosed ball players there. Um, almost like student for saying this. Now I'm not saying uh, Isaiah and Dubon. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying both both guys can play both positions. Both guys should bring the ball up court, and both guys should play off the ball. So that would be that would be unique. But uh, that means Barrett would have to go. I think people that, are saying that, Utah doesn't want Barrett. At least Barrett would be gone. 
I think you know, people are saying Utah doesn't want Barrett because they don't want to extend him if Utah trades for Barrett. They just want the picks. And if you like throwing players. Man, that would be safe. Danny well Danny Ainge Danny Ainge likes to like to juggle like to like to um dangles pizza for, for people in front of people's faces, but uh all all that when he did it all backfired because at the end he didn't know how to treat people. Oh, what do you mean you didn't think Danny Age knew how to treat people? He shipped, he crapped, he crapped on, um, he crapped on Isaiah Thomas, and then this thing got rid of him. Um, he didn't work out with Kyrie. I mean, he has, he has a little shitty attitude about him, uh, uh, in his own ways too. And um, he liked to get in people's face. He like, he used to like to get in people's face when he played ball, and uh. He's a very he's a competitor, but I don't think I don't think he's up front with his players. And uh Utah's a good place for him because that's his hometown. You know. Apparently Danny Angel wanted six first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. If well, Rudy, Don- Gobert said, Rudy Gobert set the stage for for that <laughs> out, for that for those outlandish trades with that uh that deal to Minnesota. I I'm gonna be honest with you. If I'm a GM and somebody's asking for six picks, like, if you're asking for six picks, your name has to be, like, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Other than that, like, you just blowing smoke up my you-know-what. Like, stop with the six picks. Like, really? Six picks? Donovan Mitchell worked no six picks? Like, you have no idea what things are going to look like six years from now. Right. <laughs> that could be the number one overall. There's no way. There's no way. You have to be a bona fide top five player to be getting the six pick. That's crazy to me. And in your prime. Like, I think I think Dr. J was traded for six players, but I don't know too many other people. And Dr. Drake when 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 when, Brooklyn, when Jersey Nets traded him to the seventy sixes, I think they got six guys, six draft picks or something like that, but you don't hear about that too often. I mean that's just the Herschel Walker trade for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that was like five or six trade. And that was a trade that turned the Cowboys franchise around. They, they made quality picks with those, with those um, five draft picks. And that's a desperate, that's a desperation move by Utah or trying to go into a rebuild mode. That's all I can see. Yeah, they're no, they're trying to rebuild now. They're, they're going to look to trade Donovan. I don't think Donovan will stay past the trade deadline, even if he's not traded at the start of this upcoming NBA season. He'll definitely be in New York, in my opinion. And you were right. I'm going to give you your flowers. Black dudes with an option. They're not trying to stay in Utah. And Donovan's bye-bye. I mean, yeah, you want to do something else besides play basketball. But it's a good place to save money, that's for damn sure. <laughs> He's young. I don't think he wants to save money. <laughs> but Jason Tatum saves his money. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Uh, this is. Interesting. Guys, get, some of these young guys are, are wise. Are wise. I, I mean, I don't see him walking around with nine big chains around his neck. You know, but I mean, you know, he's conservative. I, I, the way, from where I look at him, you know. So. Let's go to Boston. LeBron James on the shop. Here's what he said about Boston, okay? He said, in the 2012 Eastern Conference uh, Finals, uh, a Celtics fan dumped a beer on him, and as he was walking to the locker room, 
following uh, Miami's 98-79 win in Game 6. He said Boston's racist. He said it's the most racist city in the NBA. He says they always have the shirts and there's like FLBJ. How much credence is to that? Because then Boston fans will be like, no, you know, we're not racist. We're passionate. Do you think that's really a stigma that particularly African-American players have of Boston? Like, that's a real thing. Exchanges, the personal exchanges doesn't lie. The verbal abuse doesn't lie. The cocky, the cocky privileged attitude doesn't lie. So, um, this crap has been passed out for generations, and um, it's not. It's, it's, and it, and it, and it's you know, they think they think they have a right or a privilege to get in your face, make rude remarks, insult your family members. Um, not saying everyone in the stadium is like that, but shit. If you if oh excuse if you look at the game <laughs> and you watch the court, the same people is in the same seats every night. They have a loyal following, and uh, the guys inside all the crap. This this guys inside of the crap. They're right down on the baseline. I mean, no class. Um. No classes were back in the Laker days. Uh, no class in the Bill Russell days. They tolerated him. They never accepted him. And for years, he would never go back. And uh, that put a stain on, on the city of Boston. The attitude, the arrogance, and the entitlement of how dare you come here with your with your black face or whatever. You can play ball here, but after you play ball, shake your ass home and sit down. So I don't know. I don't know. That's the way I feel about it. But do you think that's uh, different we, as a we, po- can go, we can go back to Jim Rice with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, a beloved player, but off the field, he wasn't treated that well. Uh, Bill Russell, beloved player, but off the court, he wasn't treated that well. Foxborough. I like to I like to enjoy myself. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take too much people just talking anything to, you know. So I spent time in Massachusetts. I never had no problems personally, but I'm no celebrity and I'm no famous ball player either. I'm just a guy that's visiting who wants to who wants some clam chowder. Who wants some nice clam chowder with some nice crackers and a cold beer? That's why you might go up there. <laughs> yeah. So here's my thing. All these stories, you think these are different? Like, I know it, people say it happens in Boston, but is this different from, let's say, what happens in New York? I know Utah has a stigma too, but or Denver or Minnesota. 
is this like a Boston specific thing, or does this just not happen in other NBA arenas as well, like the Indiana? Well, I'm quite sure it happens in other other arenas. Um, I've seen I've seen it in the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, people making out, outrageous comments to players, and players actually walking to the sideline talking uh, and, and 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 verbally exchanging with these knuckleheads. You know. Um, you gotta learn to ignore stuff because they trash talking been going on a long time, you know. But sometimes, I guess, the sensitivity of a person can only take so much, you know. And then Boston's Boston's arrogance got to rub off on all the old players. ML Todd, Cedric Maxwell. I mean, these guys are some obnoxious dudes. As you can tell, I'm not a big fan of them. <laughs> you never enjoyed watching ML Car wave the towel? Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy I, I enjoyed his intensity and I enjoyed his energy. I, I just didn't like his his uh yes sir boss. Yes sir boss. <laughs> I didn't like his I didn't like his swag or his I don't know. He the kind of do he the kind of do to jump into a fight after the other guy is down, he gets beat up. He's coming and hit the guy when he's already knocked down. You know, he's that type of guy. Jump on the side at the end of the play. Ah! Yeah, man. Don't do it, baby. So my question for you is this. You mentioned this he about... He tried to hurt Dr. J one time. <laughs> That's funny. So... You mentioned this with Donovan, right? You said African-Americans, for kind of similar reasons, don't want to play in Utah, particularly if you have options. Obviously, it looks like Donovan's going to be on his way out. Boston has a similar reputation. I know Jason Tatum has had a lot of success in Boston. Do you think there will be a point where Jason's like, you know what, great franchise, I've won, had a lot of success here, but this city isn't my type of vibe? I say Jalen Brown first over before him. Okay, why Jalen Brown first? He's more outspoken. He's more of an activist. He's more into the black. He's more into the Black Lives Matter thing. He's more into historical black things. Um, he speaks out in different categories and different areas where I don't hear Jason Tatum saying too much. He's more laid back. Um, and then again, he might be biracial. I'm not sure. So you think? think uh, excuse me. You think Brown's more likely to want to leave instead of yeah, Tatum? Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, it is interesting too when you mention all this stuff about Danny Ainge and what he did. That's part of the reason why Anthony Davis didn't want to go to Boston. Uh, there was a potential trade. There at one point, I think it was Brown, it was multiple picks, and they were going to try to get Anthony Davis in there to team up with Tatum when Kyrie was still there. So it would have been Kyrie, Anthony Davis, and Tatum. But Anthony Davis is like, and Rich Paul, his agent's like, we're not playing there. Isaiah Thomas is uh, talking about how they screwed him over with the injury, and then Anthony Davis's dad is like, we saw what they did to IT. We're not trying to play there. Sat there and, and you were sat there and watched through these ugly scenes and these and these um bad behaviors by big big bad bullies. 
guys show loyalty to a fault, then they understand the business of the sport is bigger than any one individual. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then cut up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to talk about some NBA unicorns. Cut up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, folks, $1,000. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. I know. Great deal, right? You should take it right now. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Great deal. Again, should take it, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Mr. Zach with us. So, I thought this would be interesting to talk about. Unicorns, it's a term that's used a lot. So, I'm just going to give you some names uh, throughout the history of the NBA. And I just want you to tell me, is their game something that's so special and unique we haven't seen it before and we probably won't uh, ever see it again, okay? So, first, let's start with this one. Penny Hardaway. Well, he was a he was a more athletic version of Magic coming out of high out of high, high school and college. Um, great up tempo player could have played in any era. One of the quality big NBA guards, an average three point shooter, a slasher. Um, injury cut, injuries cut, cut, cut down his career and his and his uh, the possibilities of becoming a, a legend or a Hall of Famer. Um, he was unique, but over the years, you might see guys come in and try to imitate his game a little bit. Um, Lonzo Ball. Uh, Lamelo Ball, those type guys, big guys that can run the court, flashy guards, not good passers, good, good driving to the lane, good players. Would you consider him a unicorn? In his time, in his time, but now the NBA is full of six eight six six guys. But he was unique with his flash and his flair. And uh, 
he's a superstar, but his career was cut close by cut close by injuries. So my so guy that his that his of his height and his size in the league now. You got Booker, you got you got Murray. You got Booker, you got Murray, you got uh Barrett, you got Bogdan, you got six six guys all over the league. Um but not many with the pizzazz and flair of Penny Hardaway, though. He was a unique player. So we'll call him a, a half a unicorn. We can call him a half a unicorn, okay? We can call him a half a unicorn. So nobody quite as good as him, but there are replications. Uh, let's go to the next one. Dennis Rodman. Well, unmatched energy, productive rebounder, Sonic. Solid defender. Can defend the four to five positions on the court. Can run all day, jump all day. His timing for his offensive rebounds. His timing for his rebounds. His timing for blocking shots was one of a kind. He's definitely a unicorn. And how tall was he? A basketball player who can make an impact on the game without scoring a point. Not many people can do that. How tall was Dennis Rodman? 6'8". One of the greatest rebounder, rebounders in league history at 6'8", too. That's just how special Dennis was. So Dennis is a full-blown unicorn. Uh, next, we have Chris Stapps Porzingis. stands him out right now is his height. <laughs> uh, as far as his height and his skill set, he could be a unicorn, but he got to put that emotion on the court. Uh, injury prone career with the Knicks. A short stay in Dallas. And he couldn't click with another star. He couldn't click with a real star. They both thought because they were maybe white white guys, European guys, foreign guys from another country, and they would embrace each other, but it was totally opposite. And uh, his, Washington, his Washington Wizards career is, is still a question mark. They traded him for Dinwiddie. Well, his value was only mediocre at best. No, he's not a unicorn. It's just, it's probably a name that they named him because he looks like one, but he damn sure don't play like one. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> happy day. Chris Stapps, you got to get your game up, man. Uh, next, we have Dirk Nowinski. Of course. Of course. Uh, Hard-ass worker. Good rebounder, team leadership. Big, big shot maker. NBA Finals, uh, I think two times. NBA Finals MVP one time. NBA Season MVP one time. Um, anybody can do anything once, but he did his. He did his special, and he beat a special team with 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 three NBA top seventy five players on it. Um, stretch the floor with anybody. Shoot jump shots with anybody. 
bang the boards with anybody to play in any era. In the older days, he would have been unique because most big guys didn't cut, didn't, didn't straight that dick that far away from the basket. But he proved he could play inside and outside, low post, high post, elbow, wing. Uh, his pivot moves are unmatched. His footwork, his footwork is devastating, and uh, his release is unblockable. He's definitely a unicorn. So next we have Wilt Chamberlain. One of the greatest athletes to ever live. Powerful power, one of the greatest athletes to ever live. Take on all comers. Dribble the ball from coast to coast. Score at will. Block shots. Nasty, devastating rebounder. His only problem is he came along the same year as Bill Russell. He, ended, he dominated the individual statistics and the scoring. But um, Bill Russell had eight Hall of Famers on his team. He couldn't be eight against one. He just couldn't do it. And uh, he ended up with two rings. Uh, track athlete, long distance track runner, high jump athlete. Uh, Will Chandler was an amazing athlete, one of a kind player. And as the year, as years go by, basketball players develop. His skill, he could have he could have switched his skill set to any era. He can run all day. I can't see him maybe shoot a lot of threes, but with work with it, with the athletic ability, he sucked. He sucked the foul line. Um, he just was a true big man. I think he would try to his game, kind of make him shoot threes, you know, because he's a powerful big man. But like I said, his game could have adjusted. He was a great athlete. Next, we have Nikola Jokic. Uh, his skill set makes him unique. He's a triple threat. He can pass, he can shoot, he can dribble. Always a triple threat. Uh, great touch around the rim. He can't push his team to... He had to push his team farther and deeper to the playoffs to be considered a unicorn. But back-to-back MVPs puts him in high regard and high status. Uh, Larry Bird won, won three in a row. I mean, he's I mean he's about to contest for that. Um, speaking of MVPs, I was watching um, that show with Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and it, it's it's amazing that he didn't win more MVPs. So it's now- amazing that Kobe Bryant didn't win more MVPs or Shaq either, but that's how it go. Well, Steve Nash Jokic got too. Jokic won, Jokic won MVP, but uh, Dwayne Wade never did. Game, I think MB, I think MB hurt himself by being injured, but they both were injured. I think I think this was MB's um, year. So next we have Kevin Durant, unicorn. Uh, a two thousand a two thousand model of the George Gervin and Bob McAdoo. I mean. He's a scoring machine, aggressive offensive player, NBA top ten in history. He just he he's, he he just his his game speaks for itself. And uh Brian no injuries, he got Brian injuries, no injuries. Uh he, he's playing at a he's playing at such a such a high level. I see three or four years he could be at this level. 
Uh, I don't see his stock fading right now. I, I'm, he might not be getting. He might not get any better, but he's staying on the same line. He's a So now let's go to Steph Curry. Steph Curry unicorn? Of course. What he does what what he does will rarely be seen again and was rarely seen before. And I guess that's what you would call a unicorn. Correct. Yeah, yes. Shaquille O'Neal. A rare breed of power power and finesse. Unheard of top five centers of all time. I mean, every everybody can't be uniform now, but there are select there's our select few, and, and most of these guys you're naming is like NBA top seventy five anyway candidates. So, I mean, but if you want to break it down to to certain things, everybody can't be in that category. It's only a chosen few. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, he's a rare breed. He's a rare breed, you know what I mean? I mean, some, sometimes, you know, seriously, when we, I mean, we, we make these questions and we make these comparisons, and it takes, it, sometimes it takes away from me, man, because you can't enjoy the beauty of some players to be so busy trying to find something wrong with their game, things like that, you know? All this media stuff is sensational and everything, but sometimes it can be a drag because... Everybody's looking for the perfect player, comparing guys that played 50 years ago to now. Things that are things that are never going to happen, and you can never see happen unless you make it up on a computer. And then the young guys don't don't respect the old guys for what they did, and the, and the old guys think the young guys are a bunch of fools. <laughs> they don't respect Russell Chamberlain, Jim Brown, but they want us. They want us to respect. These one-hit wonders who come through and, and uh, you know, do a little something and then, yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it's a matter of it's a matter of age and it's a matter of of uh, it's a timeline of when you grew up. So Giannis is a pure unicorn, a pure unicorn, yeah. you'd say. Yeah. Okay. Larry Bird. Well, you know, that's not that. I, that, I can't even comment on him. He, he was a unique player, and he set the tone for years to come. He changed. He was a game changer. A white guy that can compete on that level. He, he made white people back interested in basketball. He 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 brought the NBA from the ashes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Greatest, the greatest of all time. Why hasn't anybody been able to replicate the skyhook? Um, it's not. It's nothing pretty or fancy. It takes a lot. Of, it takes a lot of hard work, and the league changed the rules just so he can, 
just and they, and they they all locked up and he just picked that shot up. Now stop his eye. He picked that shot up. No, it's just it just it's, it's, that's his special gift. Muggsy Bogues. Not really. No, not really. No, not a unicorn. Man. Now he's five three. He didn't win nothing. <laughs> okay, that's a definite no. Joel Embiid. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah, he hasn't even got five consistent years of ball playing in Carl Malone. What do you make Dallas that team? Maybe three times, maybe? Yeah. I mean, he's only been in the league since 2013. Yeah, but he was hurt four of those years. I mean, he's been hurt damn his whole career. So he's not a unicorn. No, he got he got some more work to do. Joel Embiid. Not, not Joel Embiid. We already did that. Uh, Carl Malone. scored has just played a long time but I don't see nothing about his game that like you know, I mean he scored a lot of points but he didn't win neither um, and he had and he had the size he was bigger than most guys he played against he was a great player but not a uniform he ain't on Mount Rushmore now, his outside shot wasn't that I, I don't know I think Barney was more of a unicorn than him because he played at such a smaller height and he played so big but it's hard for me to call Dirk, Dirk a unicorn and don't call Malone one. But I don't think Malone's... I, I, I just think Malone was a great player, but it's, been a, it's a lot of guys that can do what he did. And now that gets us to our next guy, Charles Barkley. So Charles Barkley's definitely a unicorn for you then, right? Yeah, just because of his height. We'll never see somebody at 6'5 dominate like that? At that position? You might, but it's going to be hard. Oh, uh, maybe Zion Williamson. Our next candidate is Ben Wallace. He's just a defensive player. Uh, but at six eight at center, he was just a defensive player. Uh, he survived on hustle. His skill set wasn't that great. If you want a guy? If you get a guy that can run and jump all day, there's other guys can do and do it. I mean. I can't say Tyson Chandler was because he didn't, but similar, you know. Um, ben Wallace was good, but not a unicorn. Yao Ming. No. Manute Bull. No. Really? Both of those guys are over seven foot six. They didn't win, man. They, they were that big, but they didn't. They, they didn't lead nobody to nothing. I mean, a unicorn as far as weight, as far as unique in size and bigness, gym, and but they didn't, they didn't. But Luke never even made All Star. Pete Maravich, great, one of the greatest scorers in history. <laughs> How many more? Yeah, one of the greatest scorers in history. Uh, his skills, his skill set, ball handling, and entertainment value. He was the greatest of his era. It's college, it's college basketball. Hakeem Olajuwon? 
What made Akeem stand out for you? Kevin Garnett was. Players still go to him for advice on footwork. Is Kevin Garnett a unicorn? Kinda. Kinda? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we'll put him in the kinda one. He's in the penny category. Uh, Bill Walton? And then lastly, we'll have Bill Russell. Of course. A unicorn off the court and on the court. So I put all these players in a family tree. So I have Dr. J at number one. So in Dr. J's family tree, and these are just players who play like him uh, and kind of who gave birth to each other. So you have Jordan, Kobe, Devin Booker, Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan. Is that fine? Are you fine with all those characters being under there? And they're all under Dr. J? No. No? No. So who would you take out? I wouldn't put none of them. I'd say James Worthy. I'd say James Worthy, Dominic Wilkins, Michael Jordan, David Thompson. So then under... Okay, how about this then, right? So on the family tree, we can have those guys... But then under Jordan, can we pick Kobe under Jordan then? Yeah. So, then after Kobe, could we put Devin Booker and DeMar under Kobe? No. 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 So. They don't, they don't attack the rim. They don't, they don't attack the rim enough. Which player would you put under Kobe then that plays in the NBA right now? Anthony Edwards. Okay, that works. So, for Allen Iverson, under him I had Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, John Morant, Monte Ellis, Jaden Ivey, and De'Aaron Fox. Are you fine with any of those? Yeah, that's all right. All those are fine? Yeah. For Charles Barkley, I had Sean Kemp, Blake Griffin, Zion Williamson, and Amari Stoudemire. That's a mixed bag of players there. Some are bigger than others. No. They all have, they all have like glimpses of moments, but none of them consistently. Under George Gervin, I have Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram, Tracy McGrady, and Michael Porter Jr. For Scottie Pippen, I have Grant Hill and Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Well, Scottie Pippen? Yes, under Scottie Pippen. Right. Or tell me if I'm missing someone. Am I missing somebody? Does somebody need to be added to that list? You know... 
it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of guys that play. You know, very few can play baseline to baseline defense consistently, or even gave a damn enough to play even 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 frequent play defense. So, Scottie Pippen is a unique player. I don't see too many comparisons to him. I watch some guard Magic Coast. I don't see too many comparisons to Scottie. A sidekick that that can play leadership, that can play the A game at the same time. For under Draymond Green, I had Lamar Odom. Kinda, yeah, that's a good two weird two 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 kind of wild players. Fundamentally sound, not not really styled, but they good complement players. For Reggie Miller, <clears throat> I had Clay Thompson, Ray Allen, and uh, Rip Hamilton. I put Glenn Rice in there. Over Griff Hamilton. Okay, that works. Okay, all right. For Manu Ginobili, I had James Harden, Luka Doncic, and Gilbert Arenas. Okay. That one works? For Kevin Garnett, I had Anthony Davis and Chris Bosh. Similar. Similar. It's about the only couple guys you can compare them to, and unless you go to Towns in um, Minnesota. Would you consider Carl Anthony Towns a unicorn? Not really. They ain't never won shit. And he's a crybaby. And he saw. He just started to play ball. Now, Rasheed Wallace made some comments that I thought. But did you hear what Rasheed Wallace said about Giannis? No. So Rasheed uh, Rasheed Wallace based. No, it was. Excuse me. It wasn't Rasheed Wallace. It was Andre Godagla. Andre Godagla made a comment about Rasheed Wallace and Giannis. Andre Godagla said basically if Rasheed Wallace played in the NBA now, he'd be a top five player and he'd be better than Giannis. See, y'all, see y'all, all that, all that's, all that's just a bunch of ridiculous talk, man. <laughs> I mean, it's something to talk about, but it makes no sense. Now, it don't make one bit of sense to me. How the hell could you compare a player from 25 years ago to somebody you see play every day? You can't even remember Rasheed Wallace's highlights. You ain't seen him in 20-something years. All of a sudden, you got to bring him back and compare him to a guy that's dominating the whole league right now. Those are terrible comparisons. Terrible. It's an insult to the, it's an insult to the players, man. Rasheed Wallace is a hell of a player, but he's no Giannis. Hell of a player, but he's no Giannis. He wasn't forced to dribble the ball. He didn't have to dribble. He just rebounded, gave to a guy, and got his ass on the block. He didn't have to assist, rebound, steal, do all this other sh- all these other things that Giannis had to do for his team to win. That's why I said people just be talking because they got lips and tightening because they got a damn keyboard. Terrible comparisons. But they just filling up airspace because there's no games being played, I guess. So you're frustrated by all the negativity. I'm, I'm 
frustrated by the comparison game, period. And just explain why you don't like the comparison game, just so I people... I love basketball, man. And, and it don't make sense to me. You try to bring back a player from 30 years ago. You haven't seen a highlight of him in 30 years, and if you did, you might see a little clip of a game he played here and there, but you can't really live this game like that. He was a third or fourth option on a team full of, that did nothing but move the ball. And you compare it to a guy that had the ball in his hand 90% of the time. There's not even a comparison. Rashid Wallace maybe touched the ball once on a, once every couple uh, uh, possessions. Giannis touches the ball every possession of every second of every possession. Everything runs through him. Giannis is more of a coming up a LeBron type of player than a Rashid Wallace. Yeah, and this also goes to Oakley said the same thing. Like Oakley said, if Giannis played in his day, he wouldn't be one of the best players in the league. You don't like that people that's are kind of bullshit. That's that, that's just old man, old man, angry, bitter. Ha <laughs> ha. Why do you think there's so much resistance between older players and the new age players? I, I, I mean, it's just a sports thing. It's just a man thing, you know. You, you've been in a barbershop. You, you, you've been around older guys. Older guys think y'all don't know nothing. Y'all just talk so much. Young guys think old guys is washed up. They don't know nothing. It's, it's a, you know. And, and until you learn to embrace both, you're just going to be stuck. You ain't, ain't no young boys winning nothing in the NBA. You got to have veterans. If you, and if you don't have a mixture of youth, the veterans ain't going to win. So it, 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 it's, it's a balance that you got to have. Mr. Zach, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Daryl. I'll be glad when this game, when some games start. But uh, it's, it's also good to hear other people's opinions, even though half of them make no sense at all. Comparing Rashid Wallace to damn and Giannis. <laughs> they didn't even play nothing like Rashid Wallace didn't even dribble the ball. Not, not saying that he can, but back in that day, a big man got the ball and gave it to a guard. He played with Stackhouse in college. He played with Chauncey in the pros. He played with Chris Webber in the pros. They had Chris Webber on the same team at one time. They didn't even know how to utilize that with the Washington Bullets. Washington Wizards. Chris, Rasheed Wallace, and, and, and Chris Webber at the same time in their youth. What kind of, can you imagine somebody nurturing that team? What would that would have been like? It would have been special. Yeah, yeah. And once again, I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 456th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.